Christian School Management wants to partner with your Christian school, bringing hope. Since 2017, we have provided advice and counsel to hundreds of Christian schools. Our consultants, books, surveys, and online trustee training are Christian, research-based, and represent over 400 years of experience. Are you struggling? Our mission is to bring prosperity. Are you strong and growing? Our mission is to deepen your leadership and stewardship. Go to Christian School Management and find out more. Entheos is our free advice and counsel letter that is read by over 1,100 Christian school leaders a week. Go to christianschoolmanagement.org and sign up your leadership team. For Jesus, through mission, with students. Let CSM partner with you. The Babyface Pro FS, the last portable interface you'll ever need. Meet the world's most versatile, portable, and expandable audio interface that delivers the best audio quality wherever your creative journey takes you. The second generation of the Babyface Pro improves all elements again. Sound quality, mic pre's, instrument inputs, lowest noise, headphone IEM outs, and ultra-low latency. All RME elements are industry-leading representatives of its kind. Visit rme-usa.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host, a special guest, a special scholar, Dr. Dan Ariely. Two books we'll be talking about predictably irrational, the hidden forces that shape our decisions, and also the honest truth about dishonesty, how we lie to everyone, especially ourselves. And welcome to the program. Lovely to be here. Our sponsors, with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.com. BayerDynamic.com. Real Traps is the premier source for high performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit Realtraps.com. I took an extra Nariva, just so you know, because I know that I mean, you're a very smart man and you teach at Duke University. Obviously, you're a professor. It's behavioral economics, and that goes right into what we're going to talk about, which is we really don't even know why we do what we do. But I'll tell you who does know, all the advertisers in the world know exactly why we do what we do. And that's what's so great about your books and your life's work is that you draw things out. We have very little insight about why we do what we do. Are you amazed by that, or do you think that we, we would have learned now why we do what we do? So first of all, I just want to say that advertisers, for example, don't know everything, and sometimes they also get things wrong. Mm. Uh, but they certainly know things that we don't, uh, we don't do, and they, and they sometimes trick us because of that. I would hope that we would learn more by now. I would certainly hope that we would learn more by now, and I would certainly hope that we would get our environment to serve us better. Think about humanity. We have evolved, right? Our brains, our cognitive tools, our skills, and so on, 
in a very different environment than the one we have right now. So you can think about our mind as a, a set of tools, only that those set of tools are not really relevant to the modern life. And we never had to think about many years after retirement. We never had to think about money. We never had to think about donuts, all kinds of things like that. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> so our tools, our mind have not evolved to deal with these things, for example, to deal with money or Bitcoin or credit cards. So we use all kinds of bad strategies to try and solve these problems that we don't have tools for. Now, you could have imagined that we would have redesigned the technology to be compatible with our skills, mm -hmm. right? Yes. But no, <laughs> instead we don't design the technology to deal with our skills. And sometimes we design technologies to take advantage of us. And actually, if you look at the world today, and, and I imagine we talked about what are the big risks facing society, one of those big risks is misinformation. Absolutely. Another big risk is that we don't take care of our health, that we don't think long term, the way we are creating identity politics, the fact that we make those differences between us seem so large and so unsurmountable. We have lots of challenges that are basically coming because we have not accurately understood our psyche, and we've built the environment not taking that into account. You know, we don't know what we do. We're not equipped in many ways to solve problems, as you mentioned. And it does seem the way that the world is, and I'm believe me, I'm the poster child for uh, ADHD growing up mm -hmm. as far as not paying attention. And, you know, I had wished things had been where things were catered more to people who have some sort of disability as far as processing information yeah. and so forth. But it's really stacked a certain way for certain people to get certain things and uh, and the rest, as you say now, that we can be taken advantage of if we don't yeah. know how to solve certain problems. I thought that was an interesting comment. Yeah. So if you read my books, you know, I have a very severe physical disability. Yes. Right. So I was uh, burned many, many years ago. Most of my body, about 70 percent. I was in hospital for about three years and I have very little mobility in my hands and I have all kinds of other challenges. And somebody wrote to me not too long ago, and I also have half a beard, which is a, a story. If you want me to tell you, I'll tell you about why. But it, it has some insights about behavioral economics. But somebody wrote me and he said, you're lucky that you have half a beard. When we talked about it, what he meant was that having a physical disability is actually easier than having a mental disability. You know, because when people see me, it's a bit clear to them what are the things that I can't do. Mm. Right. And, and people um, help and uh, take this into account. But if you think about the range of uh, mental questions, all the way from ADHD to autism, what are the adaptations that we need to do? Like somebody on a wheelchair, we can empathize with them. We can feel their pain. We can understand what they find hard to do. And we can redesign the world so that it's more comfortable for them. They can function well. But for many of the topics of neurodiversity, it's much, much more difficult. Actually, <laughs> we, we did a study in a large consulting company, very big, very famous. And we asked people, do you have an official diagnosis for some neurodiversity? Again, like the whole range. And then we asked people, do you have some neurodiversity, but you don't have an official diagnosis for it? And the numbers were about a quarter of the people said that they have a diagnosis and about a quarter of the people thought they have something, but they haven't gone to get an official diagnosis. And then we, we asked the question of how happy are those people at work? And guess what? They're less happy. Why? Because we don't know how to accommodate those people. 
Now, if somebody is, let's say, dyslexic or somebody, we can do things. There's a lot of working teams. There's lots of options. There's lots of things we can do, uh, but of course, we don't do it. We haven't really taken the step of thinking about the human mind and accommodating. We haven't done it for the average person, but we certainly have not done it for people with any kind of neurodiversity. That's true. See, they're nice to people who have uh, wheelchairs and so forth. But if you have like a, a learning disability or ADHD, they, they get mad at you. You know, they call yeah. you dumb and stupid. And uh, it reminds me of that commercial that they have during the Christmas time where they're, uh, everyone's standing online with a visa card and they're going at a frantic pace. And then that person doesn't have a visa card and everything just stops. They don't understand how they could not fill the social norms of everybody else. And so, as you said, you know, people aren't uh, are ready to accommodate everybody. Think about depression. You know, we have a tremendously high rate of depression now in the U.S. What do people with depression need? We, we don't even understand what it is that they need. I have this thing that some days I have more pain and some days I have less pain. And actually being a university professor is very helpful because I can regulate mm. my pains. So on day that I'm uh, suffering more, I can... Uh, you know, I can read more and, and use my hands less on days that I have less pain. I can do more. It's a, by the way, if you're a person with disabilities, sometimes university is a good gig for that. But if you think about somebody with depression, what are even the right accommodation? What should we do? Is it more flexible work days? Is it uh, less hours? Is it sitting in an environment where they, if they don't want to go to meetings, they don't have to? I, I don't know what it is even. See, if I knew those things existed all this time, right? Yeah, I would be hitting that hard, you know, but yeah. <laughs> as far as, but the problem is that a lot of people don't have, unless you can manage this, you know, and know that you have some leverage, people really don't have any patience in this world for the, anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're yeah, yeah. coming with us, you're doing this. And if you don't get it, you're out. I mean, it's, uh, there's not a lot of patience that people have. Not, not a lot of empathy. You know, part of the no. problem is empathy. So if you think about empathy, empathy is this, unbelievable trick that we have as human beings. Like, think about how amazing it is that one of my university professors, he used to do this in his class, he would put his hand on his desk and he would take a can and he would smash it on his hand. And everybody's like, oh! <laughs> now, nobody, no, nobody is hurting, but we all have this mechanism of empathy. We have these neurons called mirror neurons, and they basically light up. They get activated to our own pain but they get also activated to somebody else's pain. You know, when we talk about irrationality, there are some things about our irrationality that is bad, and there are some things about our irrationality that is wonderful, like the fact that we fall in love and write poetry and help people and give money to charity and all kinds of things. And empathy is one of those things that is not rational, but we feel the pain of other people. Mm. But it turns out that the pain that people have, for example, with depression, we don't have empathy for. Like, imagine somebody who's so Snap depressed. out of it. I mean, you know, they tell me, snap out of it. Right? It's amazing <laughs> that what people it's say. It's only in your head. It's only in your head. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody ever says it's only in your feet. So it's only in your knee. <laughs> and then they say, take some medication and, and get on with it, you know? Yeah. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're so behind. First of all, psychiatry is very complex, right? The, the brain is much more complex than a knee. So it's very hard to understand how to fix it. But we also are not driving lots of resources toward that because we just don't feel the pain of that. 
Absolutely. And just to let you know, our special guest, Dan Ariely, he's a very sought after speaker. He goes uh, to Google uh, everywhere that you could think of. Actually, he is the uh, James B. Duke Professor of Psychology and Behavioral Economics at Duke University and a founding member of the Center for Advanced Hindsight. He does research in behavioral economics on the irrational ways people behave described in plain language. And thank God you do that. You know, I have a relative who's actually in economics as well, and but I never understand anything he says. You know, you put things in a, in a plain way, and I really recommend that people get your books. And one of uh, the two that I had, uh, had looked at, it's called Predictably Irrational, The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions and Also the Honest Truth About Dishonesty, How We Lie to Everyone, Especially Ourselves. And uh, Dr. Ariely, I just want to say, I couldn't help but think that there were a lot of biblical implications. And you even include the Ten Commandments uh, in your yeah. writing. So there's lots of interesting stories uh, that come from the Bible. You know, I, I'm not religious, but if you think about text, whether it's the Bible or literature, there's all kinds of insights. I'll give you one that is actually not one of those two books, but I'll give you an example. There's a term called Shibolit. And Shibolit, the term comes from this uh, story that there were these two tribes that had a war. After the war, they settled on two sides of the river. And then when they would walk around and they would meet people, they would want to know if they are from their tribe or from the other tribe. And there's this plant called Chibolet, and the two tribes pronounced the name of this plant slightly differently. One of them said Shibolet, and one of them said Sibolet. So imagine I meet you, and I want to know if you're my tribe or not. And I, I show you the plant, and I say, how do you call this plant? And if you say it the way I say it, that's great. We're brothers. We're from the same tribe. But if you say it the wrong way, the way of the other tribe, then I mm. chase you off and so on. And we are starting to use this term, shibolet, for speech that is actually about identity and not about the topic we're discussing. So imagine that in this case, when I show you the plant and I say, what's the name of the plant? I don't really care about the name of the plant, right? What do I care about? Which tribe you're on. And when you look online these days, you can identify probably quite clearly lots of discussion that is not about the topic. It's not about what it's supposed to be it's about. It's so true. Oh, my goodness. It's about, it's about identity. Look at me. I'm so right. I'm so left. I'm so wonderful. You know, it, it's a discussion that is, and, and sometimes it's hard to know if people are saying their opinion, if they're saying facts, or they're just communicating identity. Yes. And it has nothing to do with what is really going on. And by the way, I mean, we have a lot of this kind of conversation that makes it very, very difficult to move forward. I totally agree. I was talking to my wife and she said to me, uh, do you notice there's, they don't really cover the news today? <laughs> I mean, do you remember Dr. Aurelio when uh, CNN was CNN? I mean, you, you would get like a hundred different stories all across yes. the globe and you would learn different things. And it, that was the magic of it. It took you to you know, different places where you could learn things. But now, as you said, it's all about opinion. And that's a very and, good uh, an identity and identity. And, and, you know, one of the things that is happening is that it is uncomfortable to face information that doesn't agree with us. We like information that agrees with us. So part of what happened in the media is that they have basically uh, channeled themselves to provide information that speaks to some people, doesn't upset them too much, right? Uh, so that's what we have. We have a, a wide variety of choice, and whatever choice we, we make, we are sure to get only the opinions we agree with and not to get the other one. Uh, Dr. Arlia, hold on just a minute. I'm so sorry. We have to take a commercial break, and we're going to come right back. Uh, Dan Ariely, our special guest, 
is the James B. Duke Professor of Psychology and Behavioral Economics at Duke University and a founding member of the Center for Advanced Hindsight. I really want to get back to your conversation. He has a book called Predictably Irrational and also The Honest Truth About Dishonesty. Stay here. There's a lot more to learn right after this. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Our clients include famous mixing and mastering engineers, corporations, and even a research lab at MIT. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Realtraps. Visit Realtraps.com. Okay, we're back with Dr. Dan Ariely, and I didn't mean to cut you off, and uh, if I could, I have no commercials at all, because <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation. Please, if you remember where you were, please continue. No, uh, I actually, uh, so, you know, we get to choose what we want and we don't want to be uh, exposed to anything, anything different. Now, if you think about it in the old days, we actually are all better off when we are forced to listen in a respectful way to opinions that we disagree with, right? So imagine a dinner table with Uncle Jerry, and maybe you disagree with Uncle Jerry, but you respect him. So you listen to his opinions. Or maybe you're at the workplace and people talk about politics and you disagree with some people, but you respect them because you know that they are thoughtful, caring, wonderful individuals. But we don't have those things anymore, but not as mm -hmm. much. We don't have family discussions as much and people try not to talk about politics and divisive issues at work. And I think it's a shame because in the moment, being exposed only to the information that we like is a little bit like eating cookies. It's convenient and fun. But at the end of the day, we don't really learn that much. We don't learn that much. We don't understand the world as much. We don't understand how to deal with it. And totally. we don't get, don't get towards any understanding. So, so take something difficult, like opinions about abortions. It's one of those topics that people are very different and people are very sure about their opinions. But, you know, the U.S. is eventually a country. And eventually we have to decide to do things together. And we have to get to some agreement. And to get to some agreement, we have to listen to the other side and we have to respect the other side. If every side just tell the other side, you don't count, uh, you're crazy, uh, something is broken in you if you have this, uh, this opinion, how are we going to move forward? At the end of the day, let's say the group of the people that has 51% of the vote or you know 52% of the vote gets to force the other group to do what they want to, that's kind of democratic. But it's not what we would want. I'm understanding that for sure. I know what you're talking about. And you see yeah. that on the, the news today. And uh, as you said, there's no real time for discussion. Yeah, that's another thing. You, you don't even hear about the topics. I mean, I remember yeah. I have to go back, you know, Bill Clinton. And he was talking about policy where, you know, they had to have ideas. And now it's yeah. not that way at all. They just, they're sound bites. They take advantage of that. And as you said, they take advantage of people who aren't informed. And people and, base their decisions on anything but the actual 
topics or the policies and so forth. And one last thing I just wanted to mention too, because I, I thought about it with you talk about TV, movies, even talking things through, it, it's replaced with explosions and noise and yep. things are happening so fast and you don't even see decent movies anymore. I don't know if you've been following what's happening on American University. Yes. Like Harvard and MIT and, and so on. And I'm deeply saddened by this, but in, in multiple ways. And, you know, of course, it's not nice when people hate each other and all of this. But I'm a, you know, I'm a university professor. I, I love universities. I believe in universities. But I believe that universities are a place to think. It's a place to learn. It's a place to improve. That's our mission. And if I look at what happened at, at Harvard and at MIT, um, that's just not what we're supposed to be about. And we can, I, I'll say the word for you, anti-Semitism. No, it is, it is anti-Semitic, but, but it's worse than that. Because, you know, look, there's a war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. It's a difficult, complex, painful war. And if I was a president of the university, I would say, you know what? We have students from all over the spectrum Please sit together and come up with solutions. Like if a university 3,000 miles away from Gaza, people are fighting each other and cursing and can't agree, what are the chances that people in Gaza will, will do anything positive? But the role of universities is not to fight and demonstrate. The role is to move to get some progress. Mm. Right? So how do, we, how do we basically get to start thinking more together? But again, we, we started this conversation by saying that we have these emotional hot button as people. And what happened is that these hot buttons are used too often. It's the better of us. So what we need to do is to need to say, you know, yes, I think side A is right, or I think side B is correct, but let me think about what's my mission here and not let me get upset and throw a rock at the other person who believes something different than, than I do. So look, it's very easy to create a situation that takes advantage of people. We see it with misinformation. We see it with advertising. We see it with pricing. We see it with incitement to hate. We see it with incitement to polarization, to prejudice, to not listening to the, you name it. The, the list goes on and on. But our task is not to let that happen. Our yeah. task is to say there are people who are trying to get us to do one thing or another and not doing what we're supposed to be doing as human beings. Let's try to fight it. And that was what was so upsetting for me about the, the universities, is that the main place this should happen. Yeah, exactly. When uh, they had the hearing in Washington, they wanted people to be very dogmatic, that anti-Semitism is wrong. The uh, professors would say that it all depends on the context. Yeah. And th that didn't go over well because they wanted a certain answer and so forth. But anyway, it gets kind of murky. I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. I just thought the, the, I kind of mentioned that, that. The other thing is that everybody is... My feeling is that these days, everybody's so afraid to make mistakes. And you know what's the safest way not to make mistakes is also not to do anything. Mm. And I think as a society, we're moving more and more in that direction. I think people are, there are lawyers everywhere. Uh, we try not to make any mistakes. And as a consequence, uh, we do less and less. I, I see lots of people are saying, why should I go on a limb? Here's an example. You know that most restaurants fail? Most restaurants open fail, right? Yeah, of course. Like half. Yeah. So if a friend of yours came and said, hey, I want to open a restaurant, the, the good advice would be to say, don't. <laughs> you know, you'll most likely fail. But how much would you want to live in a city that has no restaurants or no new restaurants? Not so much. I mean, human progress often comes 
from people trying different things and failing. Comedians get to be funny by trying to tell jokes, sometimes right. offending people, but eventually they figure it out. You know, but we are that aside from you know too many mechanisms that hone in on our weak spots, uh, we also are becoming very frightened of making mistakes. It's unhealthy for us and unhealthy for society. It's really crazy what's happening because in some level that, you know, people are becoming less moral. In another sense, you know, people are canceling other people if they don't say the right thing. But uh, one thing, Dr. Ariely, that you mentioned in your book, The Honest Truth About Dishonesty, how we lie to everyone, especially ourselves, I thought that the whole concept of if we think we're good, okay, that gives us a false sense of protection from how bad we really are. And can those two things exist? Uh, those were some of the things I, I thought was interesting about your book. But I find it that there's a lot of biblical connotation about all this, the Ten Commandments, and just very interesting to me. I wish we had more time with you. I'm happy to join uh, to join another time, but I would say that you know honesty is a fascinating topic, and it works very differently than what the way we think it does. So think about something like the death penalty. People say, "Oh, we'll have the death penalty." People would be afraid of committing crime that will get them the death penalty and crime would, will go down. No evidence for that. Mm. Uh, we see lots of people fooling themselves. You know, people cheating to the level that they think it's actually okay. Like, I don't know if you've been an online dating app, but people I was. You know, people shade a few years and add a few pounds, uh, drop a few pounds and do all kinds of things. And they tell stories to themselves. Oh, no, no, this is really more accurate because I look young for my age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose those two pounds the next month. We have a very interesting relationship with the truth and with ourselves. And, and a lot of the story is not about cost-benefit analysis. It's about our ability to rationalize lots of things. And I will say this just for, for an ending. Yes. The good news is that we're fascinating. Like human beings, we are so interesting. Like, you know, we used to think that the big mysteries are molecular biology and the stars. The reality is that we are fascinating. And social science is exploring and, and showing us all the ways in which we are just so funny and quirky and interesting and odd and how we make decisions and so on. The bad news, of course, is that sometimes these quirks uh, can take an advantage of and lead us astray. So There's so much more to talk about. You're the most, yeah. probably the most interesting guest I've had. And I've had a lot of guests. <laughs> and I, we, we would love to have you on again, Dr. Ariely. And by the way, he is the professor of psychology and behavioral economics Duke University. Get his books, Predictably Irrational, and also The Honest Truth About Dishonesty, How We Lie to Everyone, Especially Ourselves, and go to his website, too. Dan Ariely. DanArielli.com. Yeah. yeah, please come on again. May God bless you. Thank you for being on the program. I would love to. Take care. Our sponsors, with over 90 years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. Com. Real Traps is the premier source for high-performance acoustic treatment, including bass traps, broadband absorbers, and diffusers. Once a room has been properly treated, clarity and articulation of music and speech improve enormously. Whether you're a professional recording engineer, audiophile, or home theater owner who wants the best sound possible, upgrade your entire system with acoustic treatment from Real Traps. Visit realtraps.com.